This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. There we go. We are live. Okay, so welcome everybody to this um, number two of our Midos journey of Midos series. Very, very good to see you all on Zoom. Very good to see you all here on Torah Anytime. Um, as you all know, you can sign up for these workshops in the future to become notified at nasanow.com. They purchased that domain, so it's not just nasanow at gmail.com, it's nasanow. Dot com, and we want to thank once again Chami Landman and Shani Rosenberg for all the work they do behind the scenes. Woo, we're very excited, and thank you so much because this uh, this little series here, Baruch Hashem, has gone out to so many people, and we are very, very happy about that. So thank you so much. Um, if anybody ever wants to email me, you could always email me at email at marriagepro.co. And thank you for all of you who do. I try to get back to everybody and try to read all your emails. Some people did send me some Megillahs, and... Uh, Megillas are difficult. So if you have a Megillah or if you have a personal, like long personal issue, it's going to be very difficult to deal with through an email. So I just want to throw that out to all of you who have reached out on that forum. I also want to say before we start that Baruch Hashem last week, my wife and I had identical twin girls. So Baruch Hashem, these are our new additions to the family. Sari and Shani is what we are calling them, really yummy little Munchki babies. So, Baruch Hashem, we should all just continue to share in each other's simchas, Bekarov, very, very soon. So, thank you very much for all of you who reached out before. And you could email my wife. You could email, email at marriagepro.co and I'll show it to her. So, thank you all for your participation in, uh, in our simcha. We really feel like it's, it's just one big unit over here. So, thank you very much. Now, for tonight, which is our second part of this series, I want to, um, I want to learn with you rather than speak to you, okay? So rather than a speech, there's a bit of like a limut over here that I would like to build up to bring out just one point when it comes to Midos, something that, like I told you, um, I, I try to internalize for myself over the last few weeks each idea. So each idea before I present it, I try to like internalize it and then see like, how does this make me feel? And this idea made me feel really good. So I'm hoping that I can present it to you. And over the next two weeks, while we you know, build up to class number three, you can take the time and think about these ideas. And if it makes you as happy as it makes me, you're welcome. Okay? Now, it's not me. This is, this is the Torah. This is Chazal. And it's really beautiful. But it has shifted my perspective on various things. And I, I want to share with you because I think it's a beautiful, beautiful concept. So many people ask, you know, can you, can a person feel Hashem? Can a person feel Hashem? Can a person sense Hashem? Can a person connect to Hashem? So I'm going to share with you something that's an interesting thought that you all knew, but you forgot, and I'm going to remind you. Hashem, when we talk about Midos, Hashem has Midos. That sounds like a funny idea. Well, Hashem does have Midos. We find that Hashem has the Yud Gimel Midos Harachamim, right? That Hashem has 13 attributes, or Midos Harachamim. Now, we don't tend to think of Midos in the concept of Hashem, because we usually think of Midos like a negative thing, like we have to work on our Midos. So, in order to understand this idea for tonight, okay, just for tonight, let's just imagine that the Midos, when we refer to Midos of Hashem, we're referring to feelings, okay? So Hashem has feelings, just like we have feelings and emotions. Let's just for tonight agree that we're going to define the word midos, because midos really means like the measurements. But Hashem has definitive measurements of specific feelings. Let's call these feelings, let's call these midos feelings. And these are feelings which the Gemara says 
they surround Hashem. So we obviously we're talking metaphysical over here. So it's very difficult for us to envision it, envision this. But the Gemara says that Hashem is mistoyved, like He is surrounded by midos, and we know that Hashem is only good. So every mida that surrounds Hashem, every like feeling, if you will, that surrounds Hashem, is only positive. Okay, everybody with me here? So we're going to build this together. So Hashem has midos, like we have midos, except that Hashem's midos are 100% good. What are these midos? What are they? We're going to talk about them soon. But Hashem's midos are midos that are good feelings. Okay. And the Gemara says that if somebody on this world takes the opportunity to mimic and act and feel along the same lines of Hashem's midos, they mimic those midos, they mimic those feelings, you have the ability anytime to actually feel Hashem. So Hashem has feelings, and if you feel those feelings, then you will feel a godly feeling. You will feel close to Hashem, you will feel close to the Shekhinah. And the Gemara uses a Lashem that you will be oimeid, you will come within the inner sanctum of Hashem. So what does this all mean? So, I'm going to give you a simple example, and then we're going to keep building this up. So, when we're children, when we're children, let's go slow. When we're children, so you give a, a child, let's say a kid who's three, four years old, you ever see how, let's say, how they eat? Let's use eating as an example. So a kid sits down and it grabs the food with its hands and stuffs it in its mouth, and by the time it's finished... It's, it's like a cute picture. You have a kid sitting with like a bowl of spaghetti on its head and the strands of spaghetti are falling in its hair. That's how a child eats, right? A kid runs around in a diaper and it just runs around the house, right? And the mother's like, ah, come here, come here, you know? Like, let's get dressed, right? But when you're hitting certain ages, 5, 6, 7, 10, 15, 20, you start to develop a feeling, an idea, for example of, let's say, being and acting in a dignified manner. Which means that even though you know that it might be a certain feeling of just sitting down in, let's say, a five-star restaurant and saying, ooh, I want to eat a steak. And you could grab the steak and you could just shove it in your mouth and just be eating at the bone. You're not going to do that. Because you know that the feeling of feeling dignified, of sitting in a restaurant in clothing, which is a little bit more uncomfortable to you, but looking better, you're sitting at a wedding. You show up to a wedding wearing, you know, tank top and shorts, if you're a guy, right? And you're sitting there and you're just like eating and pounding and, and wearing sneakers. You're super comfortable. That feeling is a feeling. But it's an animalistic feeling. It's a feeling for right now. Remember we spoke last time about long-term feeling. The long-term feeling, if I want to develop my, in myself... A long-term good feeling, I'm going to sit there in a really uncomfortable tuxedo or a suit, right? Wearing shoes that click when I walk on the floor or nine-inch heels that people wear to weddings, right? You're walking around. You're not comfortable. Why are you wearing that? You're wearing that because you think that you look good. And the feeling of looking good, of acting dignified, of eating in a certain way, of holding yourself to a certain, a certain way, that feeling is not inherent within us. It is developed as we proceed from immature to mature. And the maturity gives us like a certain sense of like, oh wow, I actually feel better. How do you feel better? You have blisters on your feet at the end of the day. 
The answer is because you say to yourself that this feeling of looking good, of taking care of yourself, of, of being dignified, that feeling feels better than a feeling which is natural of just wearing sneakers and just feeling comfortable and just eating however you want. That feeling is what I'm talking about. The lower feeling, the feeling that just feels good for now, versus a feeling that is a little bit higher than that low feeling. Okay, So if a person takes a minute and they develop within themselves that higher level of feeling, that is a schmeck, as they say in Yiddish. That is a taste, a whiff of godliness. You are no longer living just for the lower level feeling. You have tapped into a higher, a more mature palate. You're eating, you're drinking, your dress, your tznias, your talk, your thoughts are all on a higher level because you recognize that there's an inherent higher feeling. What is that higher feeling? It is a mida. And that mida allows you to tap into the mida that uh, that is that you're standing within like the four corners of Hashem. And the Gemara says the opposite is true as well. You could have a person who taps into a negative feeling. And the minute they tap into a negative feeling, Hashem says to this person, you leave my mechitza, go outside, because I am kol kule toiv, I am only good, and you have tapped into bad. So let's sum up what we're saying here in English. Hashem has feelings. These feelings are all good. If you feel good, but not good on a base level, good on a godly level, you will start to feel the feelings that Hashem Himself feels. And for a minute, you'll say, wow, dignity and grace and, and, and being quiet and being orderly and being calm, these are all godly feelings. And if you actually work on it and you exercise this feeling, these midos, you will start to feel incredibly high and uplifted. And the Gemara says that you are actually feeling God. You're feeling Hashem. It's an incredible concept. But the minute you dip down and you get angry and petty and jealous and all these other things, Hashem says, go away. You can't feel this feeling anymore. Go out from my enclosure. I don't want to be close with you. I was once on a Shabbaton, an Arnava Shabbaton, and a girl raised her hand and said, is it okay to be angry at Hashem? Is it okay to be angry at Hashem? And the whole panel was quiet. And the girl said, no, is it angry? Is it good to be? Is it okay to be angry at Hashem? And what's the answer? Of course not. It's not good to be angry at anybody, at anything. Jealousy, anger, these are concepts that are in, let's just talk binary over here. One or the other. Is it good or bad? The answer is it's bad. And the minute something is bad, Hashem says, get out. You don't feel me anymore. I don't feel anger. I don't feel jealousy. Oh, but it says Hashem is sometimes jealous. Hashem is sometimes angry. We'll talk about that in a minute. Hashem is kol kula itayv, only good. And if a person lives their life just feeling good, then they are feeling Hashem on a constant basis. It's a beautiful idea. But the Gemara says that if you turn negative, Hashem doesn't want anything to do with you. And the Gemara says over a fascinating idea. Many of you learned Navi, many of you did not learn Navi, so I'll just sum up this story very, very quickly. There was one time a king named King Ahav. And King Ahav had a wife named Izevel. Yeah? You guys familiar with the story? Ahav and Izevel. 
Izevah was a very wicked king. Achav was, I'm sorry, it was a very wicked queen. Achav was also wicked, but Izevah was like this terrible queen. And the story goes that there, that there was a man named Novais. And Novais had this vineyard that was next to the king's palace. And the story goes that Achav was jealous of this man. And he said, I want this man's vineyard. And he came home every day and he was in such a bad mood. And his wife, Izevah, said to him, why are you in a bad mood? And he said, because that guy has this beautiful vineyard and I want it. So Izevah concocted a plan. And she had two witnesses come forth and say testimony that, that, um, that Novais did something against the king. They had him brought out and he was killed. And the Gemara says that in Shemayim, there was a big tumult. And all the Malachim came forward to hear what Hashem said about the story of Achav and Novais. And the Gemara says that Hashem says, who is going to take revenge on Achav for what he did to Novais? Who's going to take revenge? And all the Malachim said, me, me, I'm not sure. And the Malach of Ruach, of wind, stepped forward. And the Malach of wind said, Hashem, I will take revenge. Why me? Because there was like a wind that went into Izevel's head. There was a wind that went into these people who spoke with their wind, with their, with their breath against Navais. And they took away his wind, his ability to breathe by killing him. So it's only fear that I should take revenge. And the Gemara says that wind, quote-unquote, wind went ahead, and it went into hundreds of Nevi'im. And it told them, it tricked them into telling Achav that he should go out to war. Achav went out to war, and he was killed. That's the story. And the Gemara says that when wind, quote-unquote, came back to Hashem, and said to Hashem, Hashem, I carried out what I, what I needed to do. I took revenge. Hashem said, Say, Mimechitzasi. Don't have anything to do with you. Why? You took revenge. You were cruel. Same It's this like fascinating idea. Hashem Kaviyachal himself wanted revenge, but the one who took the revenge was punished for taking revenge because you did something negative. And the Gemara gives many examples of this, but I'm going to give you one line in the Gemara that is so powerful. The Gemara says. Let's say you have a person who gets into an argument. So you have a friend who comes over to you and does something wrong. You have a husband, you have a child, a parent. They do something wrong to you. Somebody rips you off. They steal your money. They get into an argument with you. You go out with a boy 20 times. He says to you, by the way, next Monday I'm proposing. And then on Monday, he cancels on you at the last minute. You're all dressed up. Your family's ready. And the guy says, sorry, changed my mind. Right? You're totally devastated. And you sit down at home, and you're crying, and you're crying, and you're eating tub after tub of ice cream, and you're so upset, right? And you go to your mother, and you go to your friend, you're like, eh, this boy's the worst guy in the world. And the Gemara says, Call nenash Anyone who his friend is punished because of him. Another Jew is punished. You have a hakbada. This guy was supposed to marry me, and he ditched me at the last minute. Right? Hashem, I'm so upset. Look at this guy. Now he's married with kids and a family. And me, I'm sitting at home. I'm 28 years old. I never got married. I have a hakbada on him. And Hashem says, you have, you're right. The Gemara says, Kol nenash Anyone who someone else is punished. They are the aggressor and you are the victim. The Gemara says, 
אין מכניס אין אוסוי במחיצוסוי של הקדוש ברוך הוא. You, the victim, are accountable when someone else is punished because of you. You were victimized. Someone stole your money. Someone stood you up. Someone left you by the altar. Somebody said Lashon Hara about you. And you're all crying and you're saying, you say, Hashem, you know what's right. Give it to them. Do something about it. The Gemara says, you, Hashem says, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not a way to react. I don't want, say me go out. I don't want to have anything to do with you. It's a powerful Gemara. Not only is the aggressor at fault, the victim becomes at fault. Now, why? So there's different explanations here, which is leading me up to one point over here that I think is just so brilliant. There's different explanations here. One explanation is very simple, that it always takes two to tango. There's another explanation that's given that you always could have de-escalated the situation. If you would have worked harder, you could have de-escalated There's another one that you only get punished if you daven that the person gets hurt. But if you just, you yourself are hurt, then it's okay. There's a third explanation. That machlaikas is fire. And anytime someone's involved in fire, everybody around them gets hurt. There's all these different answers over here as to why this happened. But I want to explain to you with one, one idea, with one nakuda, which I think is beautiful, and it actually happens to be in this week's parsha. Let's... Let's shoot for the moon. Let's shoot for the stars. Let's just go totally bananas tonight, okay? Let's assume that we are all, you know, the Lamed of Avot Tzadikim that the world is standing on, okay? We are the 36 right over here, the 36 Rebetzins that the world stands on, or the 107, the 110 Rebetzins that the world stands on, okay? Let's just imagine for just a minute, okay? And we wanted to tap in to become the same feeling, the same Mida of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, because that's, that's the goal, right? Mahu af'ata. Just like Hashem is this, you should also be this. So what is Hashem? So let's imagine somebody does something wrong to Hashem. What does the Midah of Hashem say? So who knows, what's the Yud Gimel, what's the Yud Gimel Midah? What are the 13 Midahs of Hashem? Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachel, Mechanon, Arach, Apayim, Rechesed, right? We know these, right? What does that mean? The Maran says that Hashem, Hashem, what's the first two? Hashem before an Avera is the same Hashem after the Avera. That means it's as if it didn't happen. Hashem is sitting in Shemayim, and a person says to Hashem, Hashem, I'm going to serve Avedazara. And then a Navi comes over, and his friend comes over, and his cousin comes over and says, Don't do it! Right? Don't do it! And they do it. Hashem says, Hashem, Hashem. It's as if you didn't do it. The guy does it again. Kel does it again. Racham. Chanan, Erech, Apayim, Erech, Chesed, 13 times. The guy does it again and again and again. It's as if it didn't happen. We, we can't fathom what this means because when, when somebody does one thing bad to us, what do we do? Can't look at them. We have a pit in our stomach. We're so upset, right? Hashem says it's as if it didn't happen. Imagine your best, best friend. She comes home. She comes to your dormitory and you make her a whole supper. And then that night you find out that during the day she was WhatsApping your whole group that you're the worst friend, you're terrible, she doesn't like you, how's this girl going to ever get married, she thinks you suffer from emotional problems. She totally destroys your name. The next day she comes home, how many people here would think of making this person suffer again? How many per- You wouldn't even look at her. You would move out of that room in a split second. 
Hashem, Hashem, it's, it's, it's as if it didn't happen. Hashem, welcome home. How are you? Shalom Aleichem. I made you suffer again. I know you like this. I made it. I went out. I went shopping. As if nothing happened. Hashem, Hashem. The highest level is Hashem, right? And Hashem is only good. And it's as if nothing happened. When people do things bad, Hashem says, don't worry. I'll carry it. It's fine. It's as if it didn't happen. I'll look past it. Pesha, you did something wrong against me? I'll be over al Pesha. I'll make pretend as if it didn't happen. That is the highest level of Mida that it's as if it didn't happen. Now, obviously, you have to be like a Malach to do it, right? But Hashem, that is his Mida. So it's brought down, actually, this week's Parsha. It says that there was a man named Korach. And Korach turns to Moshe, right? Or Kairach and Moshe. So Kairach turns to Moshe, right? And Kairach starts a whole rebellion, right? Against Moshe Rabbeinu. And what does it say? Moshe got angry. Oh, you see? You could get angry. No, no, no. Look in Rashi. What does Rashi say? What does Rashi say? Mitzdayer. He wasn't mad. He was sad. He wasn't mad. He was sad. Says the Maral. In other places, when it says, Vayichar Moshe, Moshe doesn't get angry. Moshe is so close to Hashem. He knows this secret. Moshe shows anger. But he himself, he's not angry. His, his stomach is not flipping. He's not like, oh my gosh, you know what's going to happen to this guy? Moshe is sad. He's like, oh, Kairach, what are you doing? You're causing destruction. You and your family are going to go down. This is terrible. He is sad for Kairach. He's not mad at Kairach. He is sad for Kairach. That is the level of a Moshe Rabbeinu, of Hashem. That is what it means to be Mavar Amidaisav, to stand up with your Midos, to overcome your Midos. You know, when I was in sixth grade, I've said this story before, but it's such an awesome story, and this man deserves so much recognition. The greatest sixth grade Rebbe in the history of Rebbeim is Rabbi Pearl, Rabbi Avi Pearl from Torah Tamima, the greatest Rebbe in the world. Okay? I remember lessons that he taught me, we're talking over 20 years ago. I tell my life all the time. I remember this lesson and that lesson and this Gemara and that Gemara because the way that he taught everything was a complete masterpiece. Rabbi Pearl is, a, is, is not just a Mechanach. He's a Mechanach par excellence. The greatest sixth grade Rabbi, Teretzmima, Rabbi Avi Pearl. And Rabbi Pearl came in the first day of Yeshiva. He said, guys, I want to tell you something. In this classroom, no one ever gets kicked out. There's no such thing as getting kicked out of my class. You could do anything you want. I'll never kick you out. Except for one thing. And that one rule is chutzpah. If you are a mechutzif, I can't, I can't talk to you, then you got to go. But otherwise, we could work everything out. I'm your Rebbe. I'm not here to just throw you out of, out of the class. And he said this rule in the beginning of the year. And he was the greatest Rebbe. I mean, nobody would ever think of you know, talking with chutzpah or doing anything. And he never, ever threw anybody out. In the middle of the year... We're sixth graders, so we're like 11 years old. Yeah, about 11 years old. There were a few kids talking in the back of the classroom. And Rabbi Pearl says, um, guys, you know, if you don't mind, like, you know, just please stop talking. It's just, you know, it's disturbing the class. And one of the boys said something. And Rabbi Pearl said, are you like, are you talking back? Like, can we just move on with the lesson? And the guy said something to the effect of like, yeah, I am talking back. What are you going to do about it? And Rabbi Pearl 
put on his face. He ran to the back of the classroom. He grabbed this boy and he said, Chutzpah! I have one rule! Chutzpah! Everyone was shocked. And he grabbed this boy, I'll never forget it, and he says, I told you, chutzpah is not tolerated. And he walks this boy to the front of the room, opens the door, schleps him into the hallway, and slams the door. Everyone was stunned. This is like the happiest, smiliest Rebbe. You'd never, never imagine it. And he drags him out, and he's gone for like three minutes. Everyone is just shocked. Three minutes later, the door opens up, and Rabbi Pearl walks in with the biggest smile. Rabbi Isai, how are you? Let's learn the Gemara, right? And he jumps right into a story that's illustrating the Gemara. And someone raises his hand. Rabbi Pearl says, oh yeah, you have a question? And he says, what just happened over here? Were you just, like, upset? We never saw you upset the whole year. And he said, no, I wasn't upset. But this boy needed to learn that chutzpah is not tolerated. So I have this face that I have to put on sometimes. And I had to put it on for this boy. I'm not upset. He's my Talmud. I love him. He needed to see that face. But you need to see that I'm not upset. Most of the time when people are angry at their children, they smack their children, they yell at their children, they're not doing it because they love their child at this moment. They're doing it because they're frustrated, because they're down, because they had a hard day, and they're like, stop! They're not yelling at the kid saying, like, I love you, Shefala, can you... That's not what's usually coming out of their mouth. A Rabbi Pearl, a Moshe Rabbeinu, someone who is Mavar Ami Daisav, they are completely in control of their midos, and then it, it, it just radiates out. It's just only goodness. You want to rebuke somebody? It's attached, it's married to They know how much you love them. And you say, Oi, my tire of friend, my dear friend, I love you so much. <laughs> I say this out of abundance of love. Please stop. You're hurting yourself. Oh, then it's accepted. We don't say it like that. We go, stop, what are you doing? It's so annoying, you can't handle this. So then it's not accepted. Then the Gemara says, don't give taichacha, don't give rebuke, because you're not coming from v'yahaftarecha the Torah is so beautiful. It's like the highest level, but how do we get there? So I want to share with you my own thought. I didn't see this brought down anywhere, but when I thought of this, it made me very happy. And it made my last two weeks very, very happy, very calm, besides the fact that I had twin girls and, and there was so much going on, just all this bracha. I want to share with you this thought that made me exceedingly happy. If I say to you that there's a rock a rock. Somebody picks up a rock. Let's use a Snapple bottle because I'm, I'm, I'm always running on Snapple. Okay? It's not sponsored. If they want to sponsor me, they could email me at, email at marriagepro.co. Hopefully one day. Okay, so, <laughs> so if I tell you this Snapple, body, Snapple bottle, I took it, I threw it across the room, and I picked it up, and the Snapple bottle that was before is the Snapple bottle after. Right? This is the happiest Snapple bottle. And that Snapple bottle is just sitting here and it's not angry at me and it's still cold and it still tastes delicious and it's still made from the best things on earth. What would you say? You'd say, thank you very much. It's a Snapple bottle. It has no emotions. It has no feelings. It has no ability to go up or down. It's exactly where it's supposed to be. But let's say I say to you, okay, you're a human being. So are you the same Mida of Hashem, Hashem, the same Hashem before and the same Hashem after? So we could all shake our heads. Right? And we say, yeah, of course, we are the 36 ladies that are keeping up the world. So of course we are, right? We're the greatest 
people in the world because we tuned into this Zoom meeting and we want to work on our midos. So therefore, right, if somebody does something wrong to me, the same way I was before, I will be afterwards. Okay, in theory that makes a lot of sense. But what if I gave you a scenario where they continue to push your buttons and they didn't just say bad things about you, they posted really terrible things about you on a website and they take out a whole ad campaign against you. Right, And you think you're getting married and then the person drops you. And it just gets worse and worse and they scam you out of all your money and they take away your house. Right, All of a sudden you're like, whoa, okay, at what point is this just ridiculous? I can't, I can't be on such a high level. So I want to share with you the thought that struck me this week. Hashem created the world. We know that tshuva was created even before the world was created. Because Hashem is built with so much goodness that he knew there was going to be Afaidizara and people speaking Lashon Hara and people killing other people and stealing and doing all these terrible things. Nevertheless, it's Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Racham, Chan, Erech, Abayim, Rechaz, as if none of this ever happened. That's how amazing Hashem is, as if none of this ever happened. But me and you don't have the ability to feel the sweetness of how good it feels when someone really hurts you and you've worked on yourself to the point where you say to the person, you don't affect me a key who's that nothing. I don't have a pit in my stomach because you divorced me, because you stole my family, because you took my money. I don't allow this negativity to reside in my stomach because I've worked on myself to become such a big person. That feeling is not a feeling that you can talk about, read in a book. It is something that has to be experienced. And therefore, every single person living in this world will experience hardship. We will experience hardship. And that hardship is an incredible opportunity for us to flip that switch from negativity to positivity in order for us to feel how good the feeling of being mavra al-pesha, how good that feels. Because there's no feeling like somebody hurting you and hurting you and hurting you and you being so big to look that person in the eye and say, you have no effect on me. You have no effect on me. Hashem, Hashem. Razy, razy. Shani, shani. And the same razy before, same shani after, same tova before, same tova after. It makes absolutely no difference to me. Because that's how big I am. You're not holding there? That's fine. Just don't daven that something bad happens to the person. Daven for the person. You're not holding there? Don't get mad. Get sad. I'm not mad at you. I'm sad for you. Never. That's how low you had to sink. That's how low you became. These feelings are godly feelings. These are incredible feelings. Because it completely shifts your focus from Hashem, what are you doing to me? To Hashem, I feel so close to you. Because the same feelings that you, Hashem, feel every single second, I felt once in my life. I worked up to this point. And it could take years. I could tell you this from experience. There's a person in my life, it took me two and a half years to think about this person without having a pit in my stomach. And the minute that pit went away, because of this thought process that I've been putting myself through, was such a freeing feeling. 
it's a freeing feeling. You don't get rent-free real estate on my body to cause me pain, discomfort, my stomach flipping, headaches. No, you don't get rent-free over here. You're kicked out. This ability is an ability to sense Hashem, to feel Hashem, and to feel your neshama for a few minutes, and sometimes it can last even more than that. When we talk about midos, we're not just talking about midos that a person, abstract, Moshe Rabbeinu, Rabbi Avi Pearl, there's a few people in the world who are able to tap into. Every one of us, we have a lever, and the lever goes from negative to positive and positive to negative. And before we touch on any of our midos that we have to talk about, and we have to talk about a lot of them, let's just remember that this switch needs to be switched on. And when somebody's challenging you, or you just lost your job, or a guy just dropped you, or somebody just baaveled you, they just said something terrible, and all these things are happening, just stop for a minute and say, hold on. I have the ability to tap into a feeling that very few people today are actually either able to, or wanting to, or take the fortitude to actually build themselves to that level. And rather than just having a knee-jerk reaction, you stop and you say to yourself, no, 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 no. I'm playing the long game over here. This is part about me becoming the best version of me so that I can smell, that I can feel, that I can taste how good it feels to feel close to Hashem. That's it. Beautiful idea. See you all in two weeks. Have a wonderful night. Thank you all for tuning in. Mirz Hashem. Sometime, end of June, we will see you all again right here. NasaNow.com. Please sign yourselves up. Take care. Have a wonderful night. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.